I'm sure most, if not everybody, is familiar with Larry Bird, who grew up and played high school basketball just north of us in French Lake, West Baden, Indiana. And his legendary NBA career is full of all sorts of wild stories. Like one of them was in one game, he just got bored and he decided that he was going to play the rest of the game with his off hand, his left hand, just to prove that he could do it. And he did it and he scored. Another story is he actually did this on several different occasions. He would walk over to an opposing player or even the opposing team's bench and tell them, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to break um, at this place on the court. I'm going to set up. I'm going to receive the pass. I'm going to shoot a three on this side of the arc, and I'm going to score. And usually his prediction would come true. Now, the reason why Larry Bird could predict the future on the basketball court was because he was totally confident in his ability to be able to bring about that outcome that he wanted. Imagine if a person could do that in all of their life. They would never worry about anything again because they would know the future. Now, no person that has that foreknowledge and power to be able to call what is going to happen before it happens. But our God absolutely does know the future. He absolutely does have that power. And Jesus Christ invites us into his comfort and power by trusting in him. He called himself the Good Shepherd. He has seven I am statements in John's Gospel that tell us about who Jesus really is. And this I am statement in particular helps us have a tool to defeat all of our worries about the future. I am the good shepherd, Jesus Christ said. I want to invite you to turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 11. We're actually just going to go on to verse 17 instead of all the way down to verse 21. We don't have to worry about the future because God's plan for his people, his sheep, him as our good shepherd, is going to succeed. John's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 11 through 17. I think we're having technical difficulties again. I think I flipped it off. Yeah. That was all on me. I'm sorry.
of the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired man, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's a hired man and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay my life down for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. And I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is God's holy word. So to understand Jesus as the Good Shepherd, we have to get rid of all of our preconceived notions about a shepherd. When we think of a shepherd, oftentimes we think in sentimental terms. We think of some kind of rather effeminate guy holding lots of cuddly sheep. But that's not what a shepherd was like. During Jesus' time. During Jesus' time, the demands on a shepherd with his flock were great. It was a rugged job. It was full of isolation and danger. It was 100% on the shepherd to take care of his sheep. When one of them got sick, he had to tend to the sheep's needs. He had to make sure every day that they found pasture, that they found something to drink. If a wild animal were to sneak up and attack, it was up to the shepherd to defend his flock. And Jesus uses the idea of a hired hand to help us to understand the attitude of a shepherd toward his sheep. A hired hand wasn't the shepherd. A hired hand was temporary help. When danger arose, because the hired hand didn't have the ownership in the flock that the shepherd did, the hired hand would flee. The hired hand would give up. He didn't have the commitment. But Jesus said, in contrast to the hired hand, the shepherd is all in for his flock. He's there no matter what it takes to protect and take care of his flock. Three different times in this passage, Jesus reminds us of the love 
the sacrificial love that he has toward his sheep, his, his people. He says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And he says that three different times. In verse 18, Jesus emphasizes it was for this reason that he came to earth as a human being. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Jesus came to earth as our good shepherd to rescue his people from the greatest danger, from sin. Sin is the greatest danger to us because sin separates us from God. Jesus said no one made him come. It was his father's will that he came. And he obeyed his father's will. Not because he had to, but because he loves the father. Because he and the father are one and he always follows the father's commands. He laid his life down. No one took his life from him. On the cross, Jesus was totally in control. He could have come down. He could have prayed that his father sent a legion of angels to come and rescue him. But he didn't. He remained on the cross. No one took his life from him. No, he laid his life down. And because he had the right to lay his life down, he also had the right to take up his life again. And he arose victoriously from the grave. And if he arose from the grave, he also ascended to heaven, to the right hand of the Father. And he reigns now. And he's calling his sheep. He's bringing together his sheep into one flock so that they can have one shepherd, namely the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. And all of this has been well prophesied about throughout the Old Testament. Take, for example, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 24. My servant David will be king over them. And there will be one shepherd for all of them. They will follow my ordinances and keep my statutes and obey them. So there, king is a shepherd. A shepherd is a king. And it was prophesied that God would send his chosen shepherd king in fulfillment of the promise that he made to King David in the Old Testament to reign and rule over his people, to bring them together into one flock. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing right now. What he has been doing 
since he ascended to the right hand of the Father. It started with the Jewish people. All of the first followers of Jesus Christ were Jewish people. That's what he's referring to in verse 16. But I have other sheep that are not from this pen. This pen he's referring to was the pen of historic Judaism. Those first followers of Jesus Christ were from the Jews. Jesus himself being a Jew. But the mission of Christ, the purpose of Christ, did not end there. He promises to create one flock, an international flock, of followers who are both Jew and Gentile, non-Jewish people, us. And they're to come together, they will come together, and worship one king as one people, one flock, one shepherd. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd, Jesus said there again in verse 16. So have you ever wondered what Jesus Christ is doing right now? There are a lot of important answers to that question, but one important answer is he is reigning as our shepherd king, and he is gathering his flock. He is bringing them together into one flock, one people, one shepherd king. And he will be successful at doing this. He knows the end from the beginning. He is able to do this. And he will bring it about. And why can we have confidence that our God will bring it about and knows the future and guarantees the future what will take place? Because, as he told us, his sheep will listen to his voice. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. And then also... Later on, in verse 27, also in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He knows who his sheep are, and he knows that they will follow him. So take heart, brothers and sisters, that when it looks like our world is falling apart, and no doubt, there is cause for worry and concern. It feels like, like never before. Every few months, there's a national upheaval. There's an international upheaval. It just feels like we're living in a time of such instability. But take heart. We can remind ourselves and hold on to this confident hope that we have in our good shepherd, one who will not fail to gather his flock. He will succeed. He won't let us go. He won't let us down. Nothing can separate us 
from his love, and his plans are sure. John chapter 10, he also told this later in the chapter. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than them all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hands. I and the Father are one. Do you know what that means? It means assurance. It means rock-solid stability and security in the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. Both the, for the individual follower of Jesus Christ who has placed their hope and faith in Him, and then also for the whole flock, all of God's people, all who confess Him as their Lord and Savior, whom He is bringing together in one flock, having one shepherd. We don't have to worry because God's plans for His people will succeed. The only question is, are you a part of his flock? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Have you heard the voice of Jesus Christ calling you? And have you surrendered your life to him? Have you given over control to him as your Lord and your Savior? If you haven't, then why not today? You can have this confident hope, too, with the rest of us who have believed. You can become a part of the flock. And you can know this good shepherd who loves you, who promises that nobody's ever going to be able to snatch you out of his hand. I'd like to close with a little story which originally appeared in Discipleship Journal. <coughs> a few years ago. In some parts of my lawn, the grass is thick and green. In other areas, it's sparse and dry. There are even a few places where the grass is missing entirely. When I mow the lawn, I notice that where the grass is healthy, there are no or few weeds. Where the lawn is sparse, there are more weeds. Where there's no grass at all, the weeds flourish. Every time I notice the weedy spots, I think, I really need to pull those things. So I do. But within a few weeks, they're back, and I'm pulling them again. And one day it hit me. I don't have to pull weeds where the grass is thick. Instead of spending all my time pulling weeds, maybe I need to invest time making the grass as healthy as possible. The more grass I have, the fewer weeds I have to pull. The same applies to worry. Worry is like the weeds. God's peace is like the grass. 
Instead of just focusing on eliminating my worries, I need to cultivate God's peace. So next time you're worried about the state of the world or the state of your world, and those weeds of worry seem to pop up everywhere, why not cultivate more grass? Meaning, why not cultivate more confidence in God's Word, in the hope of our Good Shepherd, whose plans are sure? And the more hope and the more confidence you place in Him, then those worries are squashed. Those worries are pushed out. And your mind will be so full of hope and peace. Let's go to him. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you that we have these short promises in your word. Lord, help us to daily remind ourselves of these truths. Help us to preach these to ourselves. Help us to meditate on them. Help us not to have to worry. Help us not to be paralyzed by our anxiety with the unstable events that are around us all the time. Help us to fill ourselves with you and your goodness as our good shepherd who is reigning, who is confident, who knows what will take place and who is gathering his sheep into one flock. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Help us to listen to your voice and not the voice of our anxiety and our fears. And help us to walk in confidence and obedience. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Please stand and join us in worship.